0: Why do people need a coach found somebody out there looking to develop why would I need a coach why would I with all the other things I've got to spend my money on if it's me individually why would I uh, invest in spending time with a coach or to put it another way if I'm a leader in a business why would I spend some of my learning and development budget on a coach what benefits will it bring Ali what's your thoughts
1: if I wanted to go in with a wow I could say it's potential to be life-changing because I think it it can um for me it's that bit about being to- a totally independent space um allowing for you to unlock the answers it's purely focused on you it's it's about you it's not anybody else's agenda it's not as I say it's not the coach's agenda it's, I say it's not my agenda it's all about their agenda so for me it's about bringing whatever it is uh, that you are bringing um, and helping move that forward to make things better, to, to change something in a positive way. Um, and as I say, if I was going to be markety, you couldn't put a, a price on that. You know, when I think personally of some of the, the different impact on that, for me, it's about it's, a, it's about really that time for you and being able to further yourself in whatever that way there is. I mean, there is. There's loads of research out there about the benefits of coaching, whether that's to organisations, whether that's that's to personal things. But for me, it's it's that biggest thing about that shift. Again, like like I said in the in the last one about whether it's a something that you do differently or whether it's a different way of being, um, or doing something. It can make some real positive um not always life-changing um that's go that's going obviously big 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 um but for some people for some people it is so the, the the possibilities i think are endless um and it's it's sometimes just taking that leap but for me it's a good investment and it's a it's a valuable investment because then it's investment purely about you
0: Louise mm. what I, would you add to that to,
2: uh, something struck me when Ali was talking earlier on i think it's that from an investment point of view, or from an organizational, or why would I invest in a person? I think you're just you're investing literally in a person. So it's not, although it's a short, sharp intervention, we don't have to be overly prescriptive about having uh, achieving a tick box in A, B, or C, but we can be as an organization. We can put some kind of, you know, potential uh, outputs to be realised or <clears throat> conclusions to be to, to to come to. But I think because we're dealing with a human the ripple effect is that you will always get D, E and F as well. So as well as you get in your ABC kind of thing and your your um, what's in scope, what you think is in scope initially with a course of coaching, I think it goes deeper. It goes longer term. It's much bigger than that. So I think that's the return on investment. It's not just this first six months or even a year. Potentially, if you're working with the right kind of people at the right stage in their career, you're getting 20 years worth of massive payback in that sense, because they they operate differently, they role model differently, they lead teams differently. Again, it, it's just that ripple effect for me, I think is unknown. And I, I get that's difficult to quantify, but let's not forget about it, because that human potential is huge.
0: Lou, Lou, what would you add to that?
3: for me whether it's from an organizational level or a personal level for me it's about solving a problem mm-hmm. so you you, you hire you are hiring a coach at a point in your life when there's something you want to work on you want to fix it there's a goal there so for me it's about i mean all business is about solving a problem all business and i think coaching is for for me people are, are seeking out a coach at a point in their life often when they're they're looking to to solve a problem um so, yeah, for, for me, that's why I mean, I've hired lots of coaches in my time and mentors as well. And it's a point when I'm at a crossroads. It's a point when I'm at a transition. It's a point when I don't know what I don't know and I need some help. And that's when I'm like, I've, I've got to hand my money over. I need some help. So and, and the same, you know, with my coaches, they, they come when there's a problem that they can't solve for themselves. So for me, that's quite a succinct way of putting it. But that's my take on it.
0: And this this was something I wanted to ask all of your opinions on actually about this idea of needing to seek out somebody else when there's a problem to solve or there's a transition or whatever it might be. Because for me, the benefits, if I if, I, if when thinking about the answer to this question, it's about creating time to think. And I, I genuinely think, and this is a sweeping generalization, so I have to be careful. But like, it, it's hard work to think. <laughs> And and I don't think people like to be made to think. Do you know what I mean? I think we're some people, Sometimes I'll just and, and I'll be guilty of it as well, just to have a day where I just coast through on autopilot and do things. It's it's kind of hard work. So the benefit is I get some thinking time because I know I'm not the greatest at creating my own thinking time. So I do need something with a bit more rigor and somebody else to hold me to account for it. But, but the question I'd like to ask you is is it impossible to coach yourself because I guess I'm talking about needing somebody else to be that catalyst and that stimulus. And I've I've thought a lot about this and I find it really difficult to be my own coach. I think I find it easier with somebody else. And there is another benefit and that's the reason why people pay for it and invest in it because it needs somebody who's objective to the conversation. I don't know what you think. Can you coach yourself or do you need somebody else?
2: Accountability. For me, that's the big thing. So in principle, we know how to self-coach. We know the models to follow, perhaps even some exercises, some structure that we might want to put in play, all of that kind of stuff. But actually, at the end of the day, it's that accountability, isn't it? So I think that for me, that's why someone would that's why a coach would pay another coach uh, for support for that accountability, I think. Mm -hmm
3: and asking the questions that you won't or can't ask yourself (laughs) yeah right so I mean you can coach yourself I do I've got a journal I'm I'm always uh, self-coaching and reflecting and all of that but but your biggest transformation is going to come when you've got that that impartial person that's asking
1: the questions that you can't or won't ask Mm. definitely definitely that was exactly my thoughts it's around you cannot you know you know the stuff to say to yourself and okay think about this in a different way and oh you know look at it from their point of view or whatever but it is it's the it's the questions that you avoid asking yourself or hadn't even thought of and I think it's it's looking from a coach you look at it from a different lens potentially without a filter um whereas sitting in the in the coach's chair this is my view and this is I've got my experiences and 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 all of that that I'm bringing with me but from a coach point of view it's through a different lens so they will ask you the things you know and it should challenge you and it should you know when you ask that question it made me think oh I've not really thought about that before and it's kind of those it's those questions that you think I've not thought of that And that's where a coach can make a difference. And they'll ask you something that you maybe not even thought of or something that you might have had there, but thought, no, I don't want to ask myself that question because I don't know that I'm going to like the answer or it's going to make me think about things that I might not want to try or I might not want to do, but that actually might be the solution. So that's where you provide as a coach for me that completely different, non-judgmental, non-filtered
0: um, perspective. Yeah. And, and, and even when we're talking about it like this, again, going back to something we touched on um, in the last episode, that you, you arrive with a coachee, a coach client, it's pretty much a stranger, so don't you? You know, in, in, in the majority of cases, it's not always the case, but in the majority of cases. And when you think about it, it, it shouldn't work really. You know, this, this need to be like challenged and open, and share things the amount of times you hear clients or coaches say things like i've never shared that with anyone before or i've never really gone there with with anyone before yet you've barely got a relationship so so it almost shouldn't work in a way um that you've got somebody who's a complete stranger yet you can open up to them and on the other hand you've got people who are really close to you at work outside of work that you don't Maybe it's because those relationship comes with a bit with baggage and you know other things that get in the way. I don't know, but yeah, it's an interesting one of just having somebody who gives you that, like you said, Ali, that different perspective, that different challenge. Um, and we'll come on to some of the things that people present in coaching and the theme shortly. Um, but uh, I guess the other thing I thought about, and I'd great to get your thoughts on, as someone. My experience of coming to coaching was having experienced coaching. That was the thing that made me realize the real impact of it. I was coached um, and feeling the impact of, again, being heard, being positively challenged. Lou, you've talked about having a cheerleader, you know, somebody who backs you in that conversation, believes in you, um, and didn't have an agenda. All that thing wrapped up, all, all of those things wrapped up into one was the thing that made me think, crikey, this thing is quite powerful, actually, because I'm on the receiving end of it. So I don't know. What's your experience of being coached as well?
3: Well, every coach needs a coach. That's what Indeed. I would say. And, and I think I think a lot of people would, would agree that having experience coaching sort of propels them to potentially explore coaching for themselves or training so yeah i've had i've had coaches um periodically throughout my career and that and interestingly those are the 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 real sort of highlights or the, the the um the points in my career where i really excelled um and i can i can pinpoint you know when they were because i was having coaching and sometimes mentoring um so yeah I can't remember the question, Stephen. Did I answer it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you did, yeah. It's just that experience of being coached. You know, does that give you a different perspective? And no, I think you've answered it brilliantly, yeah. L- Louise. What about you in terms of being on the receiving end of it?
2: Yes. Yeah, so, it, so obviously, yes, of course, and and uh, we coach each other, and 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 there's coaches working together. We like to try and coach each other, and we we have co-coaching kind of conversations and all that kind of stuff. But actually, it's just occurred to me that. I don't think I came to coaching from being coached. So I, I don't think I was coached prior to coming to coaching. So that's that's kind of made me think, well, where did I suddenly look this idea from that? I was going to train to be a coach. Um, so that's interesting. I'll take that away. Um, but I think it probably stemmed from having very low level coaching conversations with really coach like managers. One in particular, I think, in my career. And I think that's what turns me on to having different kind of co- uh, conversations. So I think that's maybe where it stemmed from. I'll, I'll have to give that some more thought to that. Um but then as a, as a trained coach obviously you know we get supervision and, and we kind of peer coach together and I quite like that so I've entered into arrangements where um, I, they call it kind of greenhouses and, and I'm sure this is what Lou's probably run she's run little small cohorts of people that come together maybe on a Friday morning once a month or whatever quite informal but actually what you're doing is a bit like an ALS but slightly more coaching style you're coaching each other and kind of Um, facilitating those really useful conversations so um they have to be part of everyday interactions on a regular basis I think for me that and it's that again that accountability I'm awful at resisting accountability if I can and uh, I am very 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 guilty as an aware coach that I stay superficial in a lot of my conversations with even colleagues um so that's something I need to work on. That's a development. Um, so and I think having these kind of forums, having the opportunity to co-coach and, and be honest and open with each other is really, really useful for my development and ongoing practice. Mm-hmm.
0: It is It is interesting that, that that accountability and that challenge that's provided because, again, again, I'm sort of generalizing about most people don't like to think. I'm sure there are lots of people out there who do love to reflect and think and, and all that sort of stuff. But, again, being, without it sounding trite, you know, being in the comfort zone is quite a powerful thing, isn't it, as well? It drags people into just staying where they are. Um, so you're almost, in, in a sense of trying to coach yourself, you might be battling against your own <laughs> your own sort of desire to stay safe and stay comfortable, whereas the other person doesn't have that. And they can... They can really you know coaching can be um all the things we've said really positive and really uh empowering and inspiring and motivating, but it can be challenging as well that that's my experience of being coached you know really challenging in a in a positive way but really challenging so yeah it's an interesting one um I guess it does bring us back to the question again though because Ali you did have some um some information that you found about you know Um, research that's gone into what are the benefits of coaching you know for the for the money that is spent on it to bring it back to the commercial side of of the industry um, people may ask the question if they're not bought in and engaged with the the process the engagement of coaching so what what is it you found that that might be useful to share
1: so uh, fortune magazine estimates that the average return on investment is more than six times the cost of the coaching itself So that's, um, as I say, from a, a, as I say, a a money point of view, because a lot Mm. of, you know, organisations will be about, well, okay, well, what what money benefit um, will I get from that? But it's also other areas. Um, So the ICF also did a a study um, around, so the International Coaching Federation, what coaching clients saw as the most beneficial um, and the top uh, five responses were greater self-awareness, a more balanced lifestyle, smarter goal setting, less stress, and more confidence.
0: So I would yeah, I'd take that. Would you? If yeah, could offer me that. I would have that. Yeah. Where can I get that? Someone tell
1: me. (laughs) I guess
2: I wonder if it's the positioning uh, about the benefits of coaching, because it it can seem quite expensive to some people, especially if they're paying for it personally. Lou, you've got loads of experience, haven't you, of people literally parting with hard-earned cash uh, uh, to get your benefits. Um, And I I wonder if it's developing that context and that, that, that narrative, which I think we're getting better at, about how we uh, develop ourselves and how we we put we invest in ourselves so obviously now as mental health is getting a much wider agenda and and as it should it's that acknowledgement that actually these little things that we can do here and we can self-serve and we can support ourselves and that invest in ourselves and develop ourselves they do pay dividends for, for all parts of our lives and continue to pay dividends so it's not like a haircut you know, 50 quid, 60 quid, whatever for a woman to have a haircut. But it kind of is the same money. And yet people will pay for a haircut that lasts six weeks and yet wouldn't pay for coaching that lasts six years or 16 years. So I guess it's a, it's around kind of changing that little bit of understanding or perspective or narrative around that investment and that payoff. That was a bit random. Sorry.
3: No, no, but I know I, it's brilliant because you've got in business, you've got wants and needs, your hair yeah, is—I've got to have my roots done, you know—and then you've got you've got coaching, which kind of fall can fall into this. Mm, it's it's a want. I don't need it. Nice to have yeah so so it's shifting that perspective i think and it's happening We're still a new industry and it it it's it's starting to change so you know when i trained 14 years ago corporate coaching executive coaching like we said before was very much for sort of for the for the top tiers the sort of c suite and, and it's it's changed so much in in the time that i've been a coach and it's really starting to filter down people are starting to gain <clears> understanding of it so yeah i think it's it's a really interesting um yeah, area that you've just spoken about
1: mm. and if i if i look at those top five if you said to me i could give you a more balanced lifestyle less stress more confidence um you'll be more self-aware um and you'll be able to set better goals i you know and i kind of think i've i've got all that myself from coaching um and if you know if you offered it like that
2: so yes, please
1: Yes, please. <laughs> Is there
2: a pill? Can I have a pill? Because yeah. I'd like it now. So that I think also that's a dilemma, isn't it? Actually, because there's effort required. So you're coming to coaching not for a quick fix. And even though people will say, Yeah, oh, absolutely, I'm, I'm going to work. Ooh, I'm prepared to put the effort in. Mm. So I think there's still a little bit of kind of understanding and, and getting that really nailed down. Because actually, that top five list, brilliant. I'd love to take that in a pill and I'll do that for six days uh, and and all of a sudden I'll be transformed and of course it's not quite like that is it so you're asking someone to pay money commit time effort energy and potentially pain oh mm. five things there that are going to be potential barriers to me where do i sign you know it's not immediate is it so they're the five kind of things <laughs> i just made those up yeah. there's probably more but but do you know what i mean that's what we're kind of dealing with in the conversations that we're having i think
0: yeah absolutely
3: but the pain has to be quite acute i think to tip somebody over i yeah. think that's what i'm yeah. when going back to my it's solving a problem and, and the pain has to be quite acute really for someone to go okay i'm going to pay to have somebody help me solve this um mm. and when the pain is great enough yeah that's when we'll put up and we'll make the change and we'll, we'll embed new habits and we'll you do all those things that you've just mentioned so yeah mm.
2: but as a coach getting someone a coachee at that moment hard. sign here please yeah really hard i mean that is like knitting oh, fog yeah. That's yeah. so so that's where you know these programs are developed and and that's kind of we need some kind of framework, we need an roi, we need some kind of outputs and whatever because it it's it can be a little bit intangible and it can be difficult to pin those people down at that right time.
0: Mm. And I think that's the i mean as somebody who you know for a, for a living used to work in the l and d part of a large bank return on investment is one of those and i'm I'm sure we'll address this in a future episode in more in more depth but it's a really difficult thing to get around development and even with coaching as we've established we're operating in this behavioral area more than hard and fast skill development or knowledge you know it's really quantifiable skills and knowledge you can say you can get you can get your hands around it. it's tangible so it is difficult to um to get a solid return on investment when it's things that it's how people operate. not what they do, you know, it's, it's by its nature intangible, but as, as has been alluded to, it's a, it's a young industry. It's maturing all the time. It's becoming, there's more research around it. So it's nice to see things from the likes of the ICF and stuff that does, you know, in an empirical way, say, these are the benefits and, you know, you six times your investment on the cost is, is pretty astounding really. Um, and, and we've touched on this around, um, the sort of things that people are coached on. So I think let's let's move it on, if if we may, around. Okay, we've we spoken around the benefits, you know, the financial impact of it, and and the the sort of how you know the the benefits that people would have and why people would seek out a coach in the first place. What are the sorts of things that, in your practice, then do people present as the problems to be solved, Lou, as as you mentioned before? And I'll I'll come to you first, if that's all right. What are these problems that need to be solved that you engage with?
3: It's interesting as a coach, because in the early days when, when, we're tra- when I was trained, you can coach around anything. You know, it's about yeah. it's about the questioning, isn't it? And and it's true. You can. But mm-hmm. for me, what, what happened as I took on you know my private practice clients, I found my my niche. You know, I found what I enjoyed. And. Um, And for me, so I I was presented with all sorts of different, you know, topics that people would come to me. But for me, I sort of found myself in this sort of career transition, career development space, sort of almost this purpose piece. So I had a lot of people come to me around wanting to leave their job, you know, wanting to do something more meaningful. Um, So we did a lot of deep work around values and talents and drivers and motivators Uh, and some of them stayed within their role but just changed their perception of it and 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 that was what was needed for others they left and they they changed direction completely they retrained some got different jobs and and in in some cases it was businesses or or even books that they wrote so for me i was very much in that space Um, so those were some examples of some of the topics that people came to me and they were quite tangible things in my, in my, mm. um, in my niche, you know, the yeah. book was written and published, the business was launched, that they, they changed jobs and it isn't always the case, but, but in my niche, that, 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 that's what they came to me for. Um, as a coach, that was sort of my area of specialism.
0: Yeah. Fantastic. Louise, what, what, what would you offer up in terms of themes of topics that get presented to you in your practice?
2: Mm, so kind of broadly three areas so maybe that kind of career development career transition so I did a lot with kind of maybe newly promoted managers first hundred days kind of in role you know how do they change their persona from being a team member to being a manager a leader that kind of stuff so there was a lot definitely around that for, for a couple of big organizations um and, and then as my career developed and I, I started to do associate work as I grew in experience and you kind of you'll reputation grows and people recommend you or they yeah you know, they think you might be a fit for for certain organizations. I uh, developed a, a a specialism around uh, coaching for neurodiversity and then also career coaching which which actually aren't too dissimilar as 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 things. Um, and that was really interesting. And there were outputs to that. Actually, it kind of gave me a satisfaction and in, in someone that quite likes to see something move and develop and things because you would see someone go and get a, a great job and you'd coach them for an interview or or you'd look at their CV and you'd, you'd look at strengths or you might look at their purpose. And actually, they were changing organisation from a big corporate faceless nameless place to a charity perhaps six months later or whatever so there was definite meaning in that and I could see there was a a transition and a difference so that was nice and then within neurodiverse adults it was very kind of workplace strategies so again you know uh, and that's where I use really basic scoring stuff so kind of you know how satisfied are you in work generally or, you know, and how confident you feel in your time management skills or your prioritizing skills. So there were quite niche things for neurodiversity in the workplace. And then of course at the end of the five, six months you do that again. And 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 there were measurable differences and people then did go on to go and get a promotion because they suddenly felt more confident in their skills and what they had to offer or they position themselves slightly differently within the team or their mindset had changed and said, you know what? I'm as good as everyone else. Okay. I, my spelling might be a bit dodgy sometimes, but I've got great problem solving skills and actually there's a role for me in this organization. So that they were really nice. And so there were a lot of really nice tangible success stories that kind of came out of that. And that felt for me, quite meaningful because I felt I was useful which is always nice that ticks one of my drivers um so that's good
3: you're hired you're hired I'll have you you be
2: my coach <laughs> <laughs> that was in a former life I've lost all those skills now <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and Ali what's your what's your sort of uh key themes that come out when you're coaching
1: so coaching within an organization it could be quite varied um there was a lot of stuff people going through change programs so there was a lot of coaching around change whether that was for themselves for their teams whether that was about for them being able to stay on an even keel but thinking about what's my future direction what what's kind of where do I want to go so there was I'm going to say a lot of stuff around that and I suppose career choices and options and thinking about what they wanted um a fair bit of stuff around wanting to increase confidence self esteem that that often i'm going to say the one one often leads leads to the other things that, and i suppose this is both in the work context but also then in my in my private practice around difficult relationships so whether it's working relationships personal relationships and around wanting to move things forward and it, and exploring that And then probably the bit and I suppose this is where my passion is and it's definitely aligned to what was what has or is and continues to still be going on in my life is around that bit about transition and fulfillment and purpose. And I use that in, in a broader sense around what am I doing with my life? What do I want from my life? how you know what you know so they're quite big questions and you can obviously filter Mm. them down to smaller things but I think it's I know for myself having got to a point in my life and thinking oh what am I doing what am I doing with my life you know I'm sort of bobbing along nicely but where am I kind of going Um, and what what do I want from this next stage of my life I started to I suppose from that self awareness point of view, be more conscious of those questions. And I love it when coaches bring that kind of stuff to, to sessions, and you're kind of like, ah, oh, brilliant, you you know, because it is, and it's sometimes. And I used to think, oh, that's quite self indulgent, and I, I have this thing about this word selfish. Oh, it's selfish to think about me and what do I want from life and what and all of that. But actually. It's going back to, I think, something Lou said. It's about your purpose and giving your, giving your life a purpose and, and having fulfillment from that. So that's an area that I, I suppose, from myself, and I continue to get that. And I think some of the things that have happened and choices that I've made, some of them from having, obviously, I've made the choices myself, but I've engaged a coach in some of those conversations um, have really benefited me. And I think so when I'm having, when people are bringing that stuff to coaching sessions, I'm like, oh, fantastic, um, because those possibilities are endless. And sometimes it's it's picking up on you know, but what, what do you really want to do? Yeah, you're kind of you're telling me you have to do that or you should do that. But what do you want to do? That's that's it goes back to those needs hmm. and wants. Um, and that's the kind of. Where people start to think of quite random things, and I'm like, "Oh, that's exciting!" Um, <laughs> obviously, not giving my opinion at all. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it can really it can really vary, but um, but yeah, in it, and I, I think that's the beauty of of coaching. You know, what actually somebody brings isn't necessarily what you end up with. So, they might bring something about yeah. a particular, you know, I I want to change my job um and actually it it's not about that it's about something else yeah. and and that's the beauty of coaching it It potentially takes you to places that you might not have got to before and that's that's where I think it yeah
0: it opens and, up and, and 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 again those those things that you know sort of inform what you do or, or certainly um are presented to you on a regular basis all around starting discussions around purpose and values and why are you doing what you do? These are the sorts of things that I think most people don't just, they might have never even thought about the answer to that question. No, Nobody's ever asked them that before. That's the interesting one with, with those big questions is they've never stopped to think about that. It's just been, if it's a career thing, got a job, applied for it, kept my head down, you know, and, and just followed the path that was in front of me. Um, so for someone to stop and ask why, <laughs> in a non-jud- non-judgmental way, why, of course, um, what's the purpose um, is, is quite powerful. But something else that's just resonated with us <clears throat> in terms of me thinking about the themes that I have is, is what you said around what's presented isn't always what's really going on. And um, it's almost like someone going to the GP and there's some symptoms, you know it's like you start off with the symptoms and that's where the discussion is and then you drill down to what the root cause is um and i guess my my experience of coaching people tends to be very similar to to a lot of what you've said it's sometimes people just feeling a bit stuck i have that quite a lot you know stuck in 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 many different ways career just fulfillment whatever it might be there might be transitioning from just being a, somebody who works in a business just suddenly managing people that's a common thing um i've got to make a better impact with my colleagues which could be a relationship thing it could just be the impact that i have on the people around us but and i don't know if this is just a consequence of where we are now in the world not to be too grand about it but self-esteem and self-confidence seems to always be something that not always, but in a lot of cases comes up as a conversation. I don't know if that's how you've, your experience of it. Um, And I'm not sure we ever reach a plateau of self-confidence or self-esteem, and maybe that's why, but um, maybe it's just a consequence of going through change or in a transition, and those are the things that can uh, chip away at self-esteem, self-confidence. So maybe it's just the fact that, you know, they've, hit, they've had that trigger point where they need a coach. Lou, to your point, they now need to pay for somebody to, to do it. And maybe it's just a consequence of I'm doing this big thing or I need to move from here to here. And that's the point where the nagging voice creeps in that says, you're not going to do this or you're not capable enough or it's too risky or whatever. But yeah, just a, an overarching thing. And again, it's wrong to generalize for everybody, but self-confidence and self-esteem comes up quite a lot in the conversations I have
1: think it goes back to something louise said in the first one about that that mask that people put on mm. um and you know sometimes coaching might be around seeing what's behind the mask or taking off some of the makeup or whatever you know kind of analogies you want to to sort of use around it and that's where yeah you can I'll say that sometimes it's letting those barriers down or those guards down in that going back to that safe that that safe space
2: indeed for me i link sometimes the self-confidence thing with driving our own destiny and that sounds terribly grand but within that knowing that i have the options so this this is how i kind of would self-coach myself and this is how i think it, i personally think it's useful to to, to think of our life is to, that we we'll always have options whatever we're presented with. So we can't control all of this other stuff, but within here, we kind of have options. So even if we're presented, it looks like with a scenario, even within that there's always a little bit of flex and even in the worst case scenario the flex is in our head so a a, a scenario might be presented that feels absolutely nailed down with no flexibility it is what it is and it's presented that way but even within that we've got the option and the flex to to view it differently and to perceive it differently and and for me I think I I wonder if there's a dotted line between that and confidence because I think If you feel you've got those options and you can drive and you are you've got some kind of purpose or you're self-fulfilling that helps you understand that you are a confident person because you're taking decisions based in a confidence space or something. I don't know. I'm not articulating Mm. that particularly well, but I'm just wondering Whether options is a big theme that runs through a lot of what we work with people because it's that stuck thing they came stuck and actually what we do is we have these uh, conversations to present options and I think Yeah. yeah God actually in its most basic form that's a really lovely way of thinking about it
0: yeah and you know it's. We're not getting into different coaching philosophies and stuff quite yet, but there's a reason why most coaches start with grow, you know, and most pe- most coaches practice development beyond that, but a key part of it is options, isn't it? And and I think sometimes people feel like they don't have any options. So just <laughs> just a conversation around there are other things you could do. There is another way to approach this. You are in more in control than you think can be a useful, a useful conversation to have. So I guess apart from... <laughs> feeling lacking in self-esteem so it feel very heavy doesn't it all of a sudden <laughs> people feeling stuck not making the right impact um tell me some success stories then i mean lou you've alluded to a couple already around books being written and stuff We'll maybe explore that in a bit more detail in a minute but uh, Lu- louise you know what what are the successes that you've had with working with clients as a coach their successes obviously but what would have been the successes
2: um, yeah, I think some of those things where, where there's, there is a tangible output in terms of, you know, you work with someone to get a new job and, and the new job happens and they write to you afterwards, absolutely gushing <laughs> and, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's brilliant. Great. Ask for a testimonial there and then really quickly. <laughs> um, and then uh, so there's some kind of obvious immediate kind of successes, which are which are lovely. And even some of those kind of pre-coaching scores, post-coaching scores, scores that's really nice to see as well, that movement and development and just generally even in a session, how someone starts, maybe a bit kind of introverted and a bit low and the voice is very slow or whatever, to maybe a bit more purposeful and lighter. And, and they give you that feedback visually, verbally. So even in a session, I think you, you, you can see an output, you can see a success. Um, but often you'll get those really weird random ones that will someone will call you up, to, you know, and say, you coached my brother-in-law three years ago, and he really recommended you. And, and now I'd like to work with you. And you think, oh, there's a success. How wonderful. Mm. So I, I think there are real immediate things. There are then things that come weeks or months later. And then there are random, lovely little kind of successes and outputs that you might get a couple of years later. And that's always nice, I think.
0: It's a it's a, it's a, it's a cruel irony of, sort of some coaching relationships, isn't it? That you never you're never there to see the thing happen, whatever the thing is. And I think that's something we probably haven't touched on, actually, up to this point. And I'm sure we will more in the future. That you know, as much work—this is my perspective on anyway—as much work happens after the coaching as it does in the coaching conversation, because you start you pull at so many threads in a conversation that the. Again, when I've been being coached, my my reflection continues, and the I might create the ideas or the solutions when the coach isn't there. So it is a bit of a cruel irony that you're never there to celebrate the light bulb moment or whatever, but it's the reality of it sometimes. Uh, Ali, what's your thoughts? What's your successes with your clients? Um,
1: I remember this was one that actually goes back to when I was doing my training, and I was, um, we used to do um, coaching triads each day, and I was coaching somebody else, and it was all actually, it was around their purpose. I hadn't linked the two together, actually, in my previous bit that I was talking about Um, but it was kind of what what they wanted their business to kind of look like and their purpose Um, and we came away from that session there was what we often refer to as the light bulb moment and we came away from that session and it was really powerful and they sent me a text that night saying I feel like today is the first day of the rest of my life Um, and that's kind of you know they're kind of feeling from it and a year later on the same day they text me to say um I was still in touch with them anyway but they text me to say you know this is the anniversary of the you know and I'm starting to make positive steps um and i I suppose I've been fortunate to see how be able to see how their I'm going to say career has progressed going going on from that I think some other things around working with people who were returning back to work after a sort of career break, whether that was maternity leave and kind of some of the challenges and the issues around juggling motherhood and career, but also that impact on confidence and mm. and, and being able to support in that way. And then I suppose I also think about my own, what I've got from coaching. Um, one very clear memory, and again, this was when I was having my training, was about a difficult work relationship that I'd had and it was kind of still in my mind it was still occupying some space in my mind that I didn't like so I took it to coaching and I remember a very simple question that was asked about what's the reality of the situation and my response to that completely changed my frame of mind that whatever was there completely went and that was such a powerful thing and I remember that um, even now. So when this person's talked about, I kind of like, mm, I just say that phrase that I said to myself then and it, complete, it completely goes. And then on the other side of it, I um, was going through a change program myself at work and coaching kind of helped me come to some clarity around what I wanted. Um, so I left, I took voluntary redundancy from the place where I'd worked for 27 years. Um, But it helped me to really clarify my decisions, but also do that in a positive way and think about what I wanted from my next steps. And then subsequently on from that, um, I sailed around the world for four months. Um, And that was something probably on the result of coaching that I'd had over the years, but I really did a bit of focus before I went about what did I want to get from that experience. Um, So, and I say I have my reminder behind me of the map and the different places that I went to, Um, but it was, you know, it was just making me think of using that coaching space to think what do I want to get out? This is a unique, I say once in a lifetime, I really do want to do it again. Um, It could be a once in a lifetime opportunity and how, you know, my, my my conversation was how do I want to get the most out of it, um, and some of that stuff I was able to put into place. So I learned ballet for the first time. Um, I never did ballet cricket, but you know it was about trying new experiences and experiencing new cultures. And um, so I think for me, I know the benefits that that are my success stories from coaching, and I'm still a work in progress. I am not perfect, and I never will be. Um, but I know the benefits it's given to me, and to be able to impart that on other people, whatever little bit is. And sometimes we never know. Um, you know, that person might not have contacted Louise. They might have been told about the success that Louise had had with their brother-in-law, but they might not have got in contact. So there's things I think you never know. Um, and you know that that conversation that I had, and that person asked me, "What's the reality of the situation?" I went back and told them once. And said thank you, but could I, you know, is there an opportunity? Maybe think, is there an opportunity, however many years down the line, to go back and say, you know what, that really made a positive difference to me, and has helped me have a positive mindset about something that at the time was quite challenging. So um, yeah, it, it's yeah, I could talk forever, talk forever.
0: <laughs> First day of the rest of your life that needs to go on your business card, Ali. That, that has to be on there. Um. Lou, I mean, you talked about helping people launch businesses and write books and stuff like that. So it it sounds like, and you've you've said already, some of the successes you've had have been, you know, you've seen the tangible evidence of it.
3: There's two I want to share with you just because they're Mm. they're just really fun. And two, Mm. one was, it was a a lady I was working with and she was a teacher and her goal was to completely leave her profession. Um, And through us working together, she launched a llama farm a llama nice. so i've got a picture of me doing a llama trek as her coach you know as she, as she when she'd launched and that's just one and that was in the really early days of my coaching career another one yeah. is um a lady again complete career change wanted to set a cafe up uh, and again you know w- when she launched that cafe we i went along um and there's a picture of us and so there's been so many um and because i've been in the sort of business space they're really tangible um but just one thing i wanted to Share. there's one lady a private client that I'm um, I'm working with now who called me out of the blue 10 years later right 10 mm. years yeah and very recently as well and she trained as a new coach and I was part of that that goal and 10 years later she's come with another goal that she wants to So clearly we work well together because sometimes people go and you're like where did they go did that like you were saying Steve did that ever work do yeah. what did that yeah. ever have an impact well clearly it did because here she is yeah. but I just want to finish with saying and they're just a few fun examples but I just want to finish with saying that we talk about success stories however the success is purely down to the coaching, not us as the coach. We're the facilitator. We ask mm. the good questions. Mm. But it's so important to get that across that the success purely lies at their door, at their feet. That they're, they're the ones that have taken the pain and gone through it and, you know, found the grit and determination to, to get to where they are. And I just think that's really worth saying mm. um, that we are facilitators. We're part of that journey, but it's ultimately down to them.
0: What well, a great point to, to end with. I think we can summarise that it works, doesn't it? I think we're all happy it life,
3: Ali, Ali's life-changing, and I think, you know, it, it, and it can be small things, it can be big things, but it is life-changing. It has the potential to really have an impact, short-term or long-term, or both.